Hi, I'm Sally. And I'm Ray. Welcome to an episode of Reason for Being. Where we bring you along on our journey of self-discovery, the universe, and all of the magic in between. Tune in weekly for our latest experiences and guest speakers where no topic or emotion is off the table. Let's get out of our heads and into our hearts. This This is our our reason reason for being. Hey guys, welcome to episode seven, I think. Yeah, I think it's... I've forgotten. (laughs) I think it's been like a week in between. Wait, when did we last film? It wasn't on Friday. It was like the week before that. Yeah. We're a little behind. Yeah. A week and a half ago. (laughs) And we also just had a lull to ourselves about (laughs) why do we get stuck on what the episode number is? Like who's paying attention to that? (laughs) Well, like are we actually going to be those people that are like, welcome to episode 200. (laughs) Thanks for staying in tune. (laughs) We actually just did this because we don't know how to introduce ourselves i know because we're back here by ourselves again and it's not we feel like we're doing a news report (laughs) welcome to the panel welcome to the panel of we don't know what the fuck we're talking about feeling slightly disorganized slightly disorganized but um that was a really good intro because how many of our inner critics just came (laughs) out talking of speaking of um Ray has done a little bit of homework this week and is reading, what's the book that you're reading? It's called Embracing Ourselves by Helen Sidra Stone. Okay. And I actually got this book last year when I started looking into shadow work. And yeah, I realised this week that I put the book down right before it got into (laughs) explaining what all of the selves are. I was like, oh... If I just went one more chapter. <laughs> You're like, I don't know what this book's talking about. Yeah, I kind about. of got a bit over it. I was like, oh, whatever. But it, it's, it's a really good book because I finished it in like two hours the other day. Yeah, I love that when that happens because we have like <clears throat> 20 books on the go at a time. Oh, so, so many books. Yeah, but I do find that when you get on a roll with a book, you like literally pump out like three <laughs> chapters. I know. You're just like, whoa, I got that through that real fast. Yeah, so today's episode, we thought it would be good to just dissect the book a little bit because, um, yeah, it's like, what well, your inner, inner voices that guide your reality. Yeah, so it's basically the concept is that we're all born with a variety of different selves or energy patterns and <clears throat> growing up, we have a main pattern, which is like the protector-controller who was designed, obviously, to protect us, um, which essentially, like, assesses our environment and our interactions and then deems how we interact will make us the most liked or the most accepted by, like, family or society. So I guess it's kind of, like, the most conditioned self. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, and the idea then is that most people go through life unaware of or suppressing all of these voices inside them like nope that's wrong can't think that or yeah well everyone's aware of a voice inside their head we all talk to ourselves yeah but you don't realize that that takes on a multiple different personalities yeah well like I've never thought of it that way until you've brought it up yeah and essentially it's kind of like by us um suppressing or denying aspects of ourselves we are sabotaging ourselves in a sense because we're not actually embracing everything that is and by embracing our whole self and all of our feelings and emotions we'll come to a place of wholeness and inner peace and I guess that's kind of like the evolution of consciousness in a sense 
because you're getting to know every single aspect of yourself Mm. and being aware of them doesn't necessarily mean, you know, like one of them is all of us has a killer inside us. Mm. That probably makes a lot of people feel very uncomfortable. But there are things in this life that all of us would kill for if we had to. Well, it makes sense when you think about it because if life is shadows and projections, mm-hmm. you have to have all of those personalities that you see in other people yeah. presented. Like you're just presenting a part of yourself. Yeah. Like I was at the beach the other day and it was super silhouette and everybody would just look like black shadows walking around. And I'm like, <laughs> is this even real? <laughs> like, am- Yeah, you're like, are you me? Or like, do like, you know yes. what I mean? Like, are you just literally making these people up in your head because you're only seeing what you need to see? Yeah. Yeah. Well, we do that a lot. But there's even um, a part in the book where they talk about the suppressed selves or rejected selves and they say like think about someone who repulses you like someone who just brings up like you're just like oh I can't stand that person mm. or that, that which is plenty, they do plenty of those people me. yeah and that is actually a repressed or denied aspect of yourself that you haven't obviously isn't <clears throat> sorry I'm a bit tricky <laughs> since our little laugh before. and the incense is really coming <laughs> yeah. on strong yeah. probably probably a bit close <laughs> sorry okay Santa <laughs> we might need to cut that bit <laughs> no we'll leave it in <clears throat> <clears throat> uh-huh. so our disowned selves the energy pattern there is um if you think of any single t- time that that energy emerged, it was um, like repressed or met with a really negative reaction, which could have been like uh, someone rolling their eyes at you or someone being like, oh, that's not very like attractive or which I, you know, my mum used to say that all the time, like, oh, that's not very attractive. <laughs> so which part of you do you think that would like suppress? Um, I guess there would be maybe sides that are not very feminine or, um, yeah, or if there's like a sensual side, you Mm. know, I think, um, yeah, a lot of people probably do suppress their sexuality in a lot of ways. I mean, people have gotten a lot better at letting it out now these days, but Mm. growing up, you know pretty ingrained like this is how a woman's supposed to act you're not supposed to be the town bike or do this this isn't that I mean you can if you want to be but yeah but I was just you know taught that to be a good girl I said you know Mm. um yes I guess that would be a repressed self so for me that would show up as if I was out and there was someone who just slept around for fun I would judge that person I'd be like oh they're wrong like right or they, they mustn't value themselves much is something that I used to think a lot when I was younger. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that makes sense. Because I guess um, the main one that everyone talks about is their inner child and a lot of mm. people doing work around that, which is great. But, like, yeah, I guess I hadn't even put any thought into what other voices come into my head mm. or, like, what needs attention. Yeah. And when you think about how much your inner voice is talking to you all day with dialogue of, like, 
Yeah. You fucking suck. Like, yeah. <laughs> try, do better. Exactly. And that's like in this book, the whole the concept is to have voice dialogue with those aspects of yourself. And it's not necessarily acting upon what those voices are saying, but it's like, okay, so who's saying this and why are they saying it? And it's getting the wisdom from that voice mm. and then integrating it into your life. So, you know, if the killer, for example, or, you know, anger, if you're feeling like, fucking hell, my kid is pissing me off, I want to punch them in the face right now. If you had an aware ego, you'd be able to say, okay, who is saying this and why are they saying it? And it could be, okay, my kid's just really pushing the boundary with me right now. And how can I remedy that? Not, I'm going to go punch my kid because I'm angry. <laughs> yeah. And so it's just learning how to integrate those aspects of yourself from an aware ego. Okay. And I guess, as you said, like everybody has a variety of inner voices yeah. sitting at the table yeah. when it comes to serving up inner dialogue. So like, I guess, how do you work out who's speaking? Like, So I'll give you a few examples. So... Um, the main ones, or like they call them the heavyweights, are like the critic, the pusher, the people pleaser, um, the perfectionist. And if you think of the pusher, think of it as like that voice that tells you of all the things you have to get done, your list of things that you have to do. And even if you tick something off the list, something always gets added. So it's just like this constant push to get things done. Mm-hmm. And then the critic probably works with that. So it's like you might get something done and it'll be like, you didn't do that well enough. And it's kind of like the critic, you can't really please it no matter what you do. It could, you know, the critic criticises you on your performance, it criticises you on your appearance, it criticises you on how well you're doing compared to everyone else or, yeah, learning those different aspects. And then um, the pleaser, obviously, that's will do anything to keep everyone happy. And, I mean, if you think about it, because people-pleasing is something I've always struggled with, mm. wanting to please people isn't inherently bad, but it's like where is it coming from? Like do you want to – are you making it from like a conscious place or are you making it from an unconscious place where it's almost like you don't even have a choice for why you're doing it, you're just doing it because you want everyone to be happy? It's like, are you considering yourself in that <laughs> before you please everyone? Mm, it is a double-edged sword. Mm. I don't know, like, the people-pleaser one is just such an annoying one to be sitting at the table, especially alongside yeah. the critic and the fucking inner child. Yeah. So I guess there's a lot of, um, not negative, but hard ones to deal with yeah. internally. I mean, are there, are there any good ones that they well, tell you to master? So, I mean, there's not, it's not looking at anything as good or bad. It's seeing that, that that there's wisdom in every single one of them. And so for every negative, there's always um, a the opposite. The positive so, that they can bring. So yeah. it's like a new way of looking at something. Yeah. So if you think about like the pusher, the opposite of that is, I think they call it the do nothing, which is kind of like a beach bum or a hippie. That's just like, just chill out, man. Don't do anything. Don't worry about it. Like the world's not going to end if you don't do all of your to-dos. And so it's kind of like how to balance the two 
so that everyone's getting heard and everything's getting met. Because if you think about it, if you're too far in your pusher, like I've got to do, I've got to do, you're going to burn out. If you're too far in the do nothing, you're not going to get anything accomplished. So it's like balance the two, everyone's happy and then nothing's going to show up negatively in your your life or your environment. <laughs> oh, my God, my head hurts. <laughs> like everybody get out. <laughs> <laughs> and then, I mean, if you think of the perfectionist, what would the opposite of that be? That would probably be like sloppy Joe. <laughs> Like the perfectionist would be like, if it's not done properly, don't bother. Mm. And and then the critic would come and be like, see, you didn't do that properly enough. Mm. Properly. Is that even a word? Well Good enough. Good enough. Good enough. Whatever. <laughs> um, and there's another thing is with disowned cells or suppressed cells. So those ones normally fall under like power, sensuality. Um, I don't know. What other... Suppressed, so yeah, like over Yeah, things that you would suppress in a sense is, I guess it it kind of comes under desire to me. I think it, it's kind of like we suppress desires because we think it's bad. Yeah, that's a tough one. Mm. I don't, I've like, because I'm so like new to looking at it with the different personalities. I don't even know who's sitting at my table. I'd say like the critic is the number one. Yeah. And the people pleaser is number two. Yeah. And then suppressed is probably... Yeah, maybe like the, what is it? like Sensuality. Sen- yeah, the sensual one. Mm. Yeah. And then there's also, I mean, you have your inner child and there's a, a few different versions of that. So there's the vulnerable child, which apparently most people actually lose that or suppress it by age five. And if you think about it, it's because it's done out of, um, survival, mm, you know, keeping you safe. Yeah. yeah. Um, as a child, you may have expressed your emotions and your parents couldn't handle it. And so they, you kind of learn, okay, not safe for me to throw a tantrum because my parents will lose their shit at me if I do, or I'll get punished if I do. So I'll just stop doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so the vulnerable child apparently shows up in like relationships and in empowerment in adulthood which is kind of like that inner voice of like maybe not right for me or, you know, and then people suppress it. And in the voice dialogue thing, the the therapist would speak to the vulnerable child and they'd say, I I just don't like that person because they don't make me feel safe. Mm. And then it's kind of learning how to integrate, like, okay, so maybe we can start listening to that voice a bit more and, and not going for partners that don't make us feel safe or, yeah. Yeah. That's a good way of looking at it. Mm. I, I think I mentioned to you earlier this week. <coughs> wow, incense is really yeah, nice. it's just <laughs> really taken on. A <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I mentioned earlier this week that a few people I don't know how it came up in conversation, but a, pe- a few people have just said like, you know, I can hear this voice in my head, and I can't work out if it's my intuition mm-hmm. or if it's like how do I trust my intuition when I've been so out of touch with it and that's a good point because you know you get that instant feeling in your head about a situation Mm -hmm. if it's good or bad and it's like I think a good thing um to think about is ideally every person is supposed to have like an aware ego or a, a developed ego but the 
the problem is most of us are actually, our egos are underdeveloped. Um, we don't have a very strong sense of self. And so we have all of the sub-personalities, some of them bigger than others, that are running the show. And then we're just reacting instead of processing and actually coming from a place of awareness. And so, like in the book, Helen Sidra speak about having an awareness which is just assessing or witnessing what's coming up for you without judgment or trying to label it as anything, just seeing it for what it is and then experiencing it. So letting whatever it is come through, feel it, don't try suppress it and then try find out where it's coming from and what's the wisdom it's trying to give me right now mm. and integrate it. <laughs> that's that's never understood that when I was reading the book 10 months ago. I was like, I have no fucking idea what they're talking about. But now I'm just like, ah, oh, right. What do you think's changed in that time? I don't know. I, th I guess it's just the, the level of work that I've done on myself. So a lot of this stuff has started to make sense to me that didn't make sense to me then. And then just speaking with other people who are a bit like further along, just, yeah, it helps mm. wrap my brain around it sometimes because... Yeah, sometimes I hear the words and they just go <laughs> over my head. You do? I'm like, can you break that down for me? <laughs> it was like at the start of the podcast that we did when you're like, the work. Like, what, what is the work? <laughs> Can't someone do it for me? <laughs> yeah, when you realise that the work is just 100% getting to know who you are and yeah. working out how to navigate life by knowing every single version of yourself yeah. because I think another conversation we've had is like how often your personality splits throughout your life based to, off of circumstances yeah which is like another form of suppression almost because mm. it's like well I'm about to enter a new phase of my life I can't be this person anymore I have to yeah take on a new persona which is like I wonder if that's also in line with a changing inner critic like, I think so it's also that these energy patterns can even be from like ancestral stuff. It's, and it, you know, like the, the fear that you could be feeling around mm. something could be from like your great grandmother or something. And so it's knowing that you just have to have some self inquiry and, and you can make the decision then, well, that's not how the world works anymore. I'm mm. not in that danger anymore. Like, yeah. It's over. <laughs> it actually comes from a place of power as well when you realise that the emotion that you hold isn't even yours. Like, yeah. I think um, I did a, work, a workshop the other day which like put me into a really deep meditation and it made me feel the fear that I have in communicating my voice. Mm -hmm. But in that meditation it also made me realise that that fear isn't even mine. Yeah. Like <laughs> I started this life with that fear. Like I didn't even yeah. have an attachment to where it had come from. Yeah, like, like I just don't know why I'm feeling it, but I'm feeling it. Yeah. And then there was so much power that came in that because it's like, well, I don't want to continue my life being run by yeah. fear that's not mine. And you can say, well, that's done now. Mm. Now we can move forward. Yeah. Which, and it is. It's empowering. Yeah. Well, it gives you like a seat back at your own table. Yeah. Being like, fuck you guys. <laughs> like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Where are all my fun people Listen at? here, critic. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. Um, so what are some tips do you reckon to like, like do the, does the book tell you some good ways to try and integrate it or is it just becoming aware? It's becoming aware and then digging deep enough to know, 
you know, why it is that you're feeling that way and like where it's coming from. And then it's like having the awareness there is what kind of brings it to the surface and frees it in a sense, mm-hmm. you know. Can you give us like an example of something that you've kind of uncovered since reading the book about yourself? Oh, God. really <laughs> threw me on the spot. Um, uncovered about myself since reading the book. Like which, which ones do you think? Oh, yeah. So for me, um, ones for me are the critic and I mean, obviously the protector or controller, that's all of us have that one. Um, the perfectionist and I would say the playful child is also there, you know, and humour. Humour. Yeah, humour is a funny one because we like it. It's just not taking things too seriously. It can kind of like bring light to situations. But on also like <laughs> opposite to that, is that like a suppression thing as well? Because you're suppressing so many emotions and replacing it with humour? <laughs> <sighs> Maybe. <laughs> Fuck. Like, okay, comedian. Yeah. All right, Virgo. Oh. Thanks for putting your two cents in. <laughs> Clearly my perfectionist. <laughs> Wait, I, I'm going to start walking around being like, I'm not bipolar. I'm just talking to the voices <laughs> in my head. I'm just talking to my many selves. Oh, you don't have the inner voices? <laughs> you don't have a lot of selves? Oh, you should read this book. <laughs> it's my excuse for why I'm so You've probably sh- suppressed them all. Yeah. I'm a shady motherfucker, but yeah. it's all right. It's lots of me inside there. <laughs> I'm just embracing them all. <laughs> yeah. Who else wants to come up? Anybody else? <laughs> Um, yeah, so you mentioned that there's the mother ones. What are they? Yeah, so you, you with the parental selves, you get the good mother, the bad mother, the good father and the bad father. And if you think of like the good mother is kind of like the pleaser in a sense. She just does everything for everyone else and makes sure, you know, she just prioritises everyone before herself to ensure that everyone's needs are met, everyone's functioning properly, and yeah, in a sense, it's like overgiving. And then the bad mother is like critical, mean, um, like get off me, don't touch me, which I definitely jump between the two. And it's kind of seeing that, you know, if you are in the bad mother, <laughs> it's because she's like, hey, you're out of balance. You can't be all this way or all that way. Like you have to make sure that your needs are met so that you're not, you know, like a raging psychopath sometimes. <laughs> a bit like, yeah, I guess that forms comfort knowing that everybody has those inner dialogues. Mm. Um, and like, yeah, the good father is like, does everything for his family, works really hard to support everyone. And then I guess the bad father in a sense is like kind of dismissive and n- not there for his family, selfish. Mm-hmm. And yeah, like obviously... You get the pleaser, the opposite of the pleaser is like the selfish one. (laughs) And as with everything, it's like if you had a balance, everyone would be happy. (laughs) I wonder if that balance is even possible though or if it's just an awareness that's needed. I would say awareness is probably everything because it will bring to your focus where you are out of balance and how you can try and bring a bit of balance back. No one's ever going to be perfectly in harmony I just really dislike how the way society is, is that everyone is so strongly in all of the negative attributes, Mm. but we find it so hard to flip over to the other side. 
to yeah. be balanced. Yeah. Like, like I wonder why that program is so deeply ingrained in all of us. Like the yeah. thought, the thought of sitting there and being like, "No, Sally, like you deserve this time. Like, yeah, you've done a really good job." It just like makes me cringe. Well, yeah, it's because from basically since we're an infant, we've had driven into us through our parents' society that all of us live a certain way and that only those things are okay. If you're anything else, you know, if you think of like the hippie or the the beach bum, we (laughs) obviously identify with them. (laughs) We're made out to be bad. (laughs) Like, oh... (laughs) Got your back, got your back, hippie. I like you. <laughs> Shout out to my homie. <laughs> Everyone's like, wow, you really lost the plot now. <laughs> I might even take it one step further and start switching outfits halfway through the day. <laughs> That's just my perfectionist. <laughs> oh, the hall's coming out. <laughs> <laughs> well, so speaking on that, you get other subpersonalities. You have like the whore, the addict. The whore is transactional, so it's not necessarily sex. It's the essence of a whore. If I do this, I'll get that. Yeah. Yeah. Manipulation. Yeah. Um, And what other ones are there? Like, so there's the saboteur, which a lot of us would have as well, which is obviously sabotage, and. If you dig into that, that's probably coming from a place of fear because maybe sometime in the past, you know, you did something and it wasn't safe. Maybe you got humiliated, maybe you got punished or beaten, you never know. And so there's you've suppressed this part of you and then the saboteur is like, nope, I'm not letting them do that because if they do, they might get punished. Mm. So it's all about protection really. Yeah, all of the selves, that is... Every single self, even the negative, perceived negative aspects, mm. everyone's job is to control and will protect you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. From a projected reality. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Like if all of those programs weren't in place, a lot of people would probably feel free to be. <laughs> mm. I, yeah. It's just such a good topic to focus on actually because I think where we're both at now is that we've done a lot of healing attributes where we've relied on other people to give us the answers Mm -hmm. and now we're kind of at that stage where we've realized nobody has the answers but ourselves Mm. so the next step is to actually when they say do the work yeah the work is you yes (laughs) yeah I mean sometimes now I'm like walking along and I might have my critic come up and I'm like, no critic, we're not doing that today. Mm. <laughs> like, can I call like my champion? <laughs> yeah, but in, Where's my cheer squad at? <laughs> yeah, but in doing that, like you just get a whole new perspective yeah. and it's like a gradual thing that will build over time of swapping out those people. So mm. like another example is the common way to speak to people now is relating on trauma and mm. negative. Like, <laughs> yeah. If you go to, I don't know if I talked about this already, but like if you go to a party and everybody is relating about everything that's wrong in their life. So they're like, my kid's fucked, like I hate my job, (laughs) my diet's 
fucked. Like, yeah, I feel I'm so overweight. Like I feel so unhealthy. Yeah. So everyone's just sitting in this environment where like you're bonding over all of the negatives in your life. And then yeah. if someone was to step into that conversation and go like, oh, I'm in a really good place. And like, They're I'm like, fuck her. <laughs> yeah. Like people get really uncomfortable. Yeah. But it's just the way that we're programmed to believe that like you can't speak about the good things and focus on them because then it's being selfish yeah. like or they're like she's delusional yeah or that like she's up herself yeah because she thinks her life's so great <laughs> excuse me yeah but like being conscious of that changes your world dramatically mm. and just even listening to the way that other people talk to themselves like I know you pull me up a lot yeah when, when I'll say things that, like that's not that hard and I'm like oh yeah <laughs> you're like how do I make toast (laughs) I can't I'm really struggling right now I don't know how to put toast in the toaster yeah but even like last night my mum yeah I live with my (laughs) mum FYI FYI and um she was making dinner and even before dinner had been served she's like oh just letting you know like it's not my best like I don't know if it's gonna need salt like don't eat it too and just like putting all of these I do that yeah like when you become aware of it you're like holy shit like just give yourself a chance like actually don't put yourself down like allow it to just yeah happen and it's a control thing again like you feel like if you control the situation you're protecting yourself because you're like well I have to say it first because then they know that it's shit yeah they know it's shit and then they (laughs) and then I used in high school I used to do this all the time which I would um like everyone used to say oh you're so funny like you always joke about yourself (laughs) and I would I would make jokes of myself protecting yourself so that it was kind of like I'll call myself fat and make a joke about me being fat so that they know that I know that I'm fat and then they don't have to joke about it yeah it makes so much sense yeah life is like a fucking puzzle yeah like when you look back at your life and everything that you've done you're like oh my god (laughs) (laughs) I thought my life was shit really it was just me yeah it was just me and so on that, there's with suppressed cells, some of them can turn um, demonic, which sounds very scary. Mm. And when they turn that, that's like where they really, um, they're in your subconscious. You don't even know that they're there and operating. And they operate in a sense that's like not in your highest good. <laughs> you know, they'll be destructive. And um, in the book, they talk about, speaking with a demonic and it says like I hate him he's an idiot like he's such a joke but I love it when he gets drunk because then I come out and then I make a fool of him and yeah yeah, it's it's like these suppressed versions of ourselves um you can't just be like oh I'm gonna have a conversation with it because that version of you might actually fucking hate you for suppressing it and so it's like you have to kind of tread lightly trying to get to know this aspect of yourself that you've pushed down and in the corner (laughs) and deemed like disgusting that's so that's so interesting because so many people take on different personalities when they're drunk and it's like you're always like whoa like really aggressive yeah yeah. or really like sexual or really just like just completely different and Mm. It almost is like bipolar where you're like, yeah. whoa. Yeah, you're like, wow, you're a totally different person when you drink. Or... Mm. And the interesting thing as well is that like most people don't remember that that aspect yeah, of them coming like they've out. Been taken, which I mean, when you do drink, you do get overtaken <laughs> by other things. So Spirits, it could, yeah. could be <laughs> a little bit of column A. A little a. bit of this, a little <laughs> bit of that. You never know. 
But um, disowned cells can also come through in um, like illness and disease. In what kind of way do you reckon? Well, because if you think about your thoughts or your vibration affecting... The thoughts are attached yeah, to the energy and then yeah, the energy... If you're in a low energy place, that's where you can create diseases and viruses and all that. I think that's true because like anytime I've ever been in a negative mood, I instantly get like a migraine. Yeah. It's like that energy is just pulsating in that part of your brain like... Yeah. A piece of shit. And like. I think... Um, <laughs> Tom Barnett has done quite a bit of speaking on like viruses and being, you have to be in resonance with something for it to actually stick to you, stick to you or for it to manifest, mm. which that's like a whole other topic. So I'm not even going to go into that. Oh no. But like, look up Tom Barnett. He's got some good chats. Yeah. <laughs> um, it's interesting because yeah, I had that dream. Was it last night? Yeah. Yeah. Um, because I did that meditation, I kind of like uncovered a whole new layer of versions of myself, if you want to call mm. it. I don't know. And I guess I did get kind of scared because it does feel like a suppressed thing that I haven't dealt with. Yeah. And um, the lady that I was doing it with was like, you can't keep running away from these aspects of yourself. Like you have to deal with them. Mm. And I was like, oh, I, feel like I've, I feel like I'm not really suppressing that much. And then, yeah. You had that dream. I had this dream where there was somebody like, it sounded like someone was knocking on my front door and I didn't think I was dreaming anymore. I thought I was awake. And then there was a flashlight outside my window and this person was just trying to like get into the house. Yeah. And I've never been so scared. Like, yeah. And then, yeah, it was just like not a face to the person, but just this like energy, like a dark. Kind of like recognize me. Yeah. It just yeah. Kept, And it just kept trying to get my attention and like chase after me. And it was the scariest dream yeah. I've ever had. And we talked about it today and it was like, well, I guess that's a version of myself that I need to work out who it is. Yeah. Well, the, yeah. Dreams kind of are a way that our subconscious or suppressed selves kind of try and bring attention to us that there's something there that wants to be recognized and yeah, like that can come in the form of being chased or yeah, just being in like, I guess a place where it's like, there's like this instinctual energy that's not, not well, being it, recognized. But again, the protection thing, mm. running from an aspect of yourself because yeah. it thinks it needs to protect you from this, but in reality, you it, need to, you actually have to like fight it. <laughs> Stomp your feet down, turn around and face it. Be like, what do you want from me? <laughs> mm. Which again is interesting because we've both done ayahuasca together and in that we both couldn't turn around and face our darkness. No, I particularly, when I did the mushroom ceremony, I had like yeah, a dark, dark phase there where it was like there was just this dark thing that was like suppressing me and it just felt like, yeah, this, I can't explain it. It was like this pressure running up and down my body mm. and then and then it was just like over my whole body something just like grabbing me and pushing me down yeah it's always like hand feeling isn't it yeah like, and grab, I was like, like oh like get off of me and then I was started seeing like this dark thing <laughs> oh I just got goosebumps because you know like it, it is called shadow shadow <laughs> work <laughs> and then I remember thinking like I'm just gonna fight it off but it's like no matter what I did I couldn't fight this thing mm. and I'm like oh now with a little more knowledge, I'm like, oh, I should have just faced it. <laughs> I'm like, 
And what when, do you have for me? Yeah, I think it's like a new perspective as well. Like when, because when I was terrified of this thing, mm. I was thinking that it's an outside element. But when you realize it's yourself, you're like, okay, well, yeah, it's not going to hurt me that much. Like, yeah, you're like, I'm in a dream. So <laughs> hopefully, <laughs> how do I get in and out? Yeah, it's um, yeah, I wrote down their little snippet from the book um, of what they said about dreams and they said one of our greatest allies in the evolution of consciousness is our dream process by observing our dreams and learning their symbolic language we can recognize both disowned energy patterns and energy patterns with which we identify Mm, because was it you that was talking to me about dreams and said like when you see someone that you know in a dream it's actually not even them it's like a a projection yeah that was actually from inception um, yeah, that they say that it's not the person in your dream, that's your own projection of them. Which is that like in line with this stuff then? Like is that like a version of? Yeah, well, like I guess, it, well, you know, if, if you're having a dream of something that's like knocking on your window and you feel scared, it's you're scared of something and it's probably, it could be like this. an aspect of it could be like the killer or, you know. mm Something that you've deemed like not okay and it has to be pushed away. Mm. And you, again, if it's been pushed into your subconscious, you're not going to be aware of it unless you practice the dialogue of like, okay, what is this? Who is it? Yeah. <laughs> knock, knock. <laughs> this open, is your subconscious. <laughs> I open the door. Are you going to kill me? <laughs> you're like, this is the demon speaking. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Oh gosh, I know. Scary. There is some stuff. It is scary. But, but it's exciting at the same time. Powerful, exciting. Yeah, well, I guess it's just learning. It also ties in actually with, um, I shared a video on Instagram a few weeks ago from Richard Grannon, where he was saying that you have to embrace your feelings and like be radically honest with yourself. Mm. And being in touch with how you feel is like one of the most empowering things you can do but it's also one of the hardest things you can do yeah because when you think about it when you have control over those elements it's true like how you were saying um that you would tell jokes to not let people tell those jokes on you like imagine if you mastered your whole self like nothing that anybody said or did to you would matter because you know what the truth is yeah and that's the thing is that not many people have like that developed self everyone is coming from kind of like a weak ego place and they have all of these other things that are in charge not their actual self well what i'm like severely guilty of is thinking that i'm a fucking saint and sitting at the table and staring at other people being like you have so much work to do yeah (laughs) and that that is that's a sub personality yeah (laughs) you know the the saint or yeah like just being able to see someone else so clearly because you're terrified of looking at what's happening internally that you're like well, I can see your flaws like so perfectly, but actually that's probably a projection in itself of like, Oh, I've had so many times where I've sort of judged a person or a situation and then months down the track been like, fucking hell, I was like in the exact same place as them, but just like in a different way. Yeah. So like something that I'll admit is like now that I'm not drinking, Mm. I'll look at people getting drunk and I'm like, Oh, like that like, just makes me feel sick. Like Oh, yeah, the high and mighty. Like I'm so much better because I don't yeah. – it's also, you know, kind of in the the culture of like celibacy as well. There's some people who are like – think they're like Virgin Mary now because they haven't had sex in a long time. <laughs> 
this. No, Mary, you're just depressed. <laughs> Mary, just... <laughs> you just haven't had it for a while <laughs> yeah <laughs> but it is people get kind of like self-righteous in a sense because yeah they another thing is it's kind of when something's new and you're doing something new then that that normally is when you're in that self-righteous with a self-righteous place of being like so much better than everyone because I'm doing this well, yeah, and it's like that statement feeding your ego. Mm. Like you're feeding an aspect of one of your internal monologues. Yeah. Like they're asking for that. Yeah. And it's if you think even further, like coming to the drinking thing, it's like, yeah, you go through a phase of not drinking and then you dabble in drinking, but then because you've dabbled in drinking, then you start feeling like shit again. Like, oh, you get the critic and like you kind of get a bit down on yourself because you haven't been able to uphold that new mm, yeah standard that you yeah. put on yourself <laughs> well it's exactly like healing you can't just like get to a point of being completely healed and say that's the end of it yeah. like it's never ending yeah and i mean not drinking or all those things it's self-control but it's also like you're not going to die from drinking alcohol but always being intentional and aware about what you're doing not just like Oh, if I have one, I'm going to have 10. <laughs> no limit. No limit. <laughs> <You're> like, <laughs> Sally 2021. I'll just have one. <laughs> 21. <laughs> I said 21. I said 21, man. <laughs> and then I fell down a hill. <laughs> Smack you back to reality. <laughs> uh, um, yeah, cool. Well, I definitely have a lot to think about after this discussion. Mm. Yeah. And it's not just that book. You can just Google subpersonalities and there's a lot of um, good articles on the massive range of different personalities that exist within all of us. Mm. Energy patterns, we should say. And then, yeah, just read a description of each one and then think about how they're showing up in your life. And like dedicating some love and energy to all of them. And some inner dialogue. Yeah. I'm like, hey, whore, we're not transacting today. (laughs) (laughs) I actually have had this conversation with a few people lately about like how everyone's obsessed with their inner child. But there's Mm -hmm. actually like another another version of this, I guess. But it's more so like ritual based. And it's like there's a different element of you for every um, north, south, east, west. Mm -hmm. And it's like everyone, you can like do rituals and offerings to each of them to get to know them. And it's like the inner child, the inner warrior. Oh, cool. The inner something else. There's like, yeah. yeah. And I found that really interesting because it's like almost if you master the inner child that it like moves on to the next one. Yeah. Which is probably like relevant to this in a way that they all fall under one of those categories. Yeah. Yeah. Well, with this, they broke the inner child down to the three. So there was like the vulnerable, mm. the um, the playful and then the magical. So mm. the playful's self-explanatory and magical is like, your creativity and like fantasizing the dreamer yeah the dreamer which you all lose touch with over time <laughs> yeah i'm like ah, oh, i feel like <laughs> i think i'm actually stuck in my childhood thinking about, i haven't progressed like, any thinking about it <laughs> very critical but also very childish <laughs> balance <laughs> you said balance yeah. right what did each yeah cool well is there anything else that you wanted to no, not really. I think, <laughs> I think I think we're good here. Feeling good? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
yeah. think so. I think it's a good thing for people to go away and think about. Yeah. And the book, if you do want to read it, it's called Embracing Ourselves by Hell and Sidra Stone. Might have to share that on the story. Yeah. 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 Send a little link. But yeah. Yeah. Cool. Catch you next time. Catch you and all your personalities next time. <laughs> <laughs>